Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I want to bring back an old segment that I used to introduce a lot of my old episodes with, which is basically just recommendations, things that I've been watching, listening to, things like that. I used to share pretty much in every episode, and then I stopped for a while, and I just felt for whatever reason today that I wanted to share a few recent recommendations. We'll start off with a book. Now, I shared that I was reading this on TikTok and it came highly, highly recommended by a lot of you folks. It's called Big Swiss and basically the book is about a transcriptionist for a sex therapist who becomes entangled with one of the therapist's clients and it's just a really interesting plot. I found it quite funny and witty and dark at the same time. It had sort of a similar vibe in some ways to my year of rest and relaxation which I didn't love that book but Big Swiss I did I found it a little bit more playful a little bit more lighthearted, and I devoured that book for a show recommendation this is a little bit different from what I would typically gravitate towards but someone had recommended to my sister this show called Alone the premise is basically I believe it's about 10 people maybe, maybe more, maybe slightly less, I don't know the exact number, but they're all dropped off in a remote location separate from one another. They're completely alone. I believe they're allowed to bring like 10 items for survival and besides that, like they're completely on their own and they have to basically just film their experience and whoever lasts the longest wins, I believe it's $500,000. And it was just a really interesting show. It made me realize how little I know about survival and just being in nature and knowing how to survive essentially. And it kind of made me realize how removed I am from nature. And it was just an interesting change of pace for me to watch that show. And I will say it's a little bit gruesome at times and a little bit graphic from a the perspective that they're hunting everything that they eat and they pretty much show everything and that was a little bit tough to watch but I also felt that as someone who consumes meat you know to watch the actual process of that happening and someone catching their food I think it was kind of important to not be so desensitized to the reality of the situation and just appreciate that That is the process that happens when we consume an animal. So anyways, I thought that was really interesting. My sister and brother and I watched season six on Netflix. I believe, at least in Canada, that's the only season that is available. Um, And it was set, I believe, in a remote place in like the Northwest Territories. It was set in Canada, so it was really, really cold and just very very interesting if that sounds like something that's up your alley and then for a podcast recommendation I binged I believe there's four or five episodes that are available right now and there will be more coming out soon but the podcast is called Dear Hollywood and it's it's not something that I would typically gravitate towards but I had seen a bunch of clips from the host Allison Stoner on TikTok and Instagram you know, just little sound bites from the podcast. And it just sounded really interesting. Allison is really well spoken and just very easy to listen to. And essentially, it's taking a peek 
behind the curtain at child fame and specifically like Hollywood and child entertainers and some of the long-term impacts that that has on a child and their development and just a lot of very interesting reflections that I had not thought about. I think Allison explores that world in such an interesting way and I just I just loved those first four episodes or first five episodes they're not too long and just so interesting and if you're into watching a video I don't typically watch a video when I'm listening to a podcast but if you're into that then there's also video available which is kind of interesting as well So those are my recommendations for the month. And then another thing that I used to do is I would share what I was drinking. Right now I happen to be drinking something that is not a new addition to this show, David's Tea, Earl Grey Tea. However, I can't recall if I've shared this before, but my recent obsession, and I think it's amazing for fall if you like tea, is Harney and Sons, I believe is the brand, and the specific tea is hot cinnamon spice it's so good and I don't typically like love cinnamon stuff but I don't know what it is about this tea it is delicious and it has like a natural sweetness to it or maybe it's like added sweetness in the tea bag itself so you don't even really need to add anything to it other than a splash of milk if you want and by the way none of these recommendations are sponsored they're just things that I really like and you all know that I absolutely love tea especially since being pregnant and not gravitating towards coffee at all. Um, Yeah, but that pretty much concludes my recommendations for this episode. One more thing that I wanted to share was just kind of a circle back to circling back. I don't know. I wanted to revisit the manifestation episode because that was, first of all, a very, very popular episode. I got a lot of responses on that one. And it's interesting because after having recorded that only a couple of weeks ago, a lot has happened in areas that I was feeling quite stuck at at the time of recording that episode. And I didn't really mention that one thing that I was really focusing on for the last few months was house and home and house hunting. At the time of recording that episode, I was kind of feeling a little bit discouraged about that journey, but I kind of took some of my own advice and sat down and just answered some of my own prompts and went through that process that I shared in that episode really quickly. And the main thing that I really was recognizing with respect to that journey with house hunting was to just kind of let go a bit. I was feeling like the energy that I was bringing into that whole house hunt process was very anxious and very discouraged. And quite often when I find that that's the predominant kind of feeling that I'm bringing in, it's a good sign for me that I need to just take a step back and let things unfold a little bit. And once I did that, interestingly, just the best place came up We acted on it really quickly and we just heard back that we got it. So that was really exciting and a fun little update for that episode. And I also wanted to share someone's response to that episode because I got a few. So this person responded in and said, I really enjoyed this episode as it made me recognize a lot about how I present myself to others. They said, I have an online presence through my wildlife photography. I've got a lot to write down and process internally, but I wouldn't have realized this without listening to your process of manifestation and noticing where I hide my true self and why. So big thank you and best wishes for your next chapter. So yeah, just such a sweet message to read and it always makes me so happy to hear that anything that I've shared here has been helpful in any way, has been insightful in any way, and... I love reading these messages, so please always feel free to write in with any feedback or anything that you found helpful or any questions you have about an episode. I really, really like reading your messages. And with that said, speaking of messages, this episode was inspired by a request that came in to do an episode basically on being in a rut and getting out of a rut. 
And my way of knowing if this is going to land or going to resonate is I'll typically post like a Q&A on Instagram or ask for questions or comments about this topic. And I just received a flood of responses about this theme of being in a rut, whether that was questions or advice that people wanted to share, kind of the whole spectrum I received in that Q&A. So a lot to share. It proved to me that this is a good time to explore this topic. And also from a personal perspective, I myself have just felt like I've come out of sort of a rut in a way. And being able to share some reflections on that. As always, this is just from my personal experience and it's not meant to be prescriptive advice. I'm simply sharing from, you know, what I've gone through and what I've found to be helpful for me. So before we get into it, I want to lay the groundwork a little bit for this episode because you hear this term, you know, being in a rut so often But what exactly do we mean when we say that? And I think before I say or I share a definition, I think it's important to characterize what your personal experience of a rut is. What does that feel like from a physical sensation perspective in your body? What are your thoughts like when you notice that you're feeling in a rut? How is your emotional state? That kind of thing. Just kind of gathering data. But according to a quick Google, to be in a rut means to be too fixed in one particular type of job, activity, method, etc. and needing to change. So based on this definition, as well as my experience of being in a rut, it kind of seems that there are two parts. Number one, a sense of dissatisfaction or some ongoing prominent negative sensation in a specific area of life whether that's your career, your love life, your you know personal development, your health, etc. And number two, an awareness of the need to or the desire to change or get out of that situation. And you know when I picture being in a rut, I immediately picture a car stuck in a ditch for whatever reason or a pothole and needing to get out. But the important thing is, as I'm sure many of us have experienced when we're in that situation, whether it's in our car, stuck in our car, or, you know, in a rut in our life, sometimes simply just trying to force our way out of it can lead to just spinning the wheels and finding ourselves back in the exact same situation. And if the answer were easy of how to get out of a rut, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. So again, sometimes we feel like we want to just power our way out of it. And perhaps sometimes that is the answer, but not always, as we'll discuss further in this episode. I think sometimes when it comes to this conversation about being in a rut, at least from my perspective, I always want like a quick fix that's going to get me out of that situation every single time. But from my perspective, you know, it's almost like every time I find myself in a rut, it requires sort of a unique approach. Now, I may build on what's worked for me in the past, but being aware that that may not work this time because I'm in a new situation. So I don't necessarily believe that there is like a one size fits all that works every time. I think of, you know, building an awareness of the potential tools at my disposal to use when I find myself in a rut and getting familiar with when to use them. So if I have this data, like I said, on what it feels like when I'm in a rut and even what it feels like when I'm headed in that direction, I'm more likely to be able to catch it and to be able to know what is available to me and what I can do to maybe interrupt that experience or to shorten the experience and the length of time that I'm in that place. I think my way of approaching, 
you know, getting out of a rut goes along with this theme of experimentation that we've discussed many times in this podcast. So not assuming that something that works for someone else or even worked for me before is necessarily going to be the best tool in the specific situation I find myself in. And just being open-minded to the current situation and open to seeing what is needed and how I can support myself through this experience. And in some cases, being open to what I can learn from it. Now, the other piece of groundwork that I want to lay before going any further is my own personal experience with ruts. Someone in the anonymous submission asked if I've ever experienced a rut before, and the answer is absolutely yes, in many different areas of life. You've actually probably heard me talk about many of the ruts I've found myself in, whether that was the long stretch of time where I felt completely disconnected to and honestly depressed about my career path, some of the dating patterns I experienced in my earlier kind of dating days, mental health ruts, and more recently certain creative ruts or what have felt like just standstills. And what I will say is sometimes I think that I can be thankful to some of these ruts for honestly being so motivated to define the kind of life that I want to live. And the reason I say this, I know Sometimes when people say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, come on. Like that, that isn't what I want to hear right now, especially when I'm in that rut. It's just not helpful. But as I've come out of some of these spaces, I've realized later on that it's true in many cases. And it's kind of the best case scenario for me to be able to look at a period of difficulty and be able to find some value in it. And, you know, I was talking to my brother the other day, he is going back to university for his second year and he's just kind of questioning and feeling discouraged about the program that he's in, not necessarily what he's studying, but the professional path that lays ahead of him when he graduates and he's just not feeling connected to it and he's worried that he's not going to like it and Again, I just shared that for me personally, I don't regret having done anything the way that I did it from a career perspective, despite it having been a really big source of, you know, anxiety and stress for me and discouragement for a period of time. And the value that I derived from being in that situation for a stretch of time where I honestly was just really defeated when it came to my job, I really dread going into work every single day. I had no idea what I wanted to be doing and I just felt really depressed and anxious. Being in that situation that wasn't really in alignment with what I wanted in life helped me to define what I did want. So you likely know by now that I like to approach a lot in my life from a reality creation or manifestation perspective. I love to empower myself to be an active participant in my reality and to feel a sense of creativity in my life and to feel that I'm having an impact on my life and that my intentions and my desires are manifesting. And so part of that means that If I'm so connected to and aware of my values and my intentions and my desires, when things aren't consistently matching up to that in perhaps a really extreme way, so when I find myself in a situation for a prolonged period of time that is not aligning to my values or what I want out of life, that is when I find myself in a rut. So to kind of put that into a definition... Prolonged periods of time where something either in my external or internal environment is incongruent with my values, intentions, or desires for life. And by the way, I appreciate that not everything is going to go 
my way all of the time. But I think specifically when I found myself in what I would define as a rut for a prolonged period of time, it's when a situation is deeply incongruent with my values, for example. So from a career perspective, when I found myself in this career that perhaps aligned to the values of society and other people, but really was not connected at all to what I wanted out of life. And by the way, I didn't know what I wanted out of life, but obviously part of me knew, a large part of me knew that this was not it. That is when I started to kind of go deeper and deeper into that rut and just feel stuck and feel unmotivated and feel like I didn't have any momentum in life or any like control over my life. I just felt hopeless. And what I find is that my internal environment, so my mood, my thoughts, my overall sense of well-being is usually influenced by how aware I am of this incongruence. So prior to having been aware of my core values in life and what I desired and just kind of going with the motions, going through the motions, I should say, I didn't really have this sense of dissatisfaction or like this deep, deep feeling of what am I doing? I knew on some level that this wasn't exciting me. It wasn't making me joyful. But interestingly, once I started to really become aware of like what I wanted out of life and I gave myself permission to define that for myself, that is when I had this realization of like, okay, my my environment, my situation is the complete opposite in many ways of those things that I value. And you may be thinking that, hey, maybe it's easier to just not be aware of these things and to just stick with it. And I think that is certainly valid. In some cases, you know, it may be easier to do that. But, and I and I will be honest in saying that that period of time where I was finally just trying to understand how I wanted to live and trying to get in touch with my core values and what I desired out of life, it was a hard time. Like it sucked in a lot of ways. Just because, like I said, recognizing that so many of the situations I found myself in weren't really lined up to that. And why would they be? I had never defined that for myself. I had never thought, hey, what do I want? Like this, this doesn't feel quite like my path or my choice, but what is my choice and what do I want? So there's no denying that becoming aware of that for me was very uncomfortable, but of course, I have no regrets and it's been very worth it to be in touch with that and to begin to align to that because that's the best starting place. And for me, when I actually face the reality of a situation and I'm extremely honest about a situation I find myself in, that I feel that sense of being stuck. That's when I become aware of like, okay, I'm not really where I want to be, but that awareness for me is the initial phase of moving out of a rut. Just knowing that there is something in my life that I wish to change or, you know, I wish to move away from a certain situation or environment or even an internal experience that I want to interrupt. I want to interrupt a pattern within my thoughts or my behavior. And, you know, I think the idea of being in a rut has a lot of negative association with it but for me it can actually kind of be a neutral thing like I can notice that I feel discomfort and perhaps there's something about my internal or external environment that I'd like to change but I don't have to approach that from a place of harshness or criticism and in fact that doesn't really work for me even if I try to go about it that way and sometimes actually especially creatively, I try to actually avoid using the word rut because for me, there's a whole host of assumptions and self-judgment that go along with the experience of being in a rut or the idea of being in a rut. For example, that it's going to be super hard to get out of it, which I don't necessarily know that to be true. 
that there's something wrong with me for finding myself in this uncomfortable or unpleasant situation, that I'm the problem, etc. So going back to the career example, when I found myself in this place of being like, wow, I am not happy. I don't want to be here. How did I get here? One way of looking at that is to just be a little bit gentle with myself and just recognize that I was doing my best and that's all I ever have done. I don't have to shame myself for having found myself in this position that I'm not happy with. I can just be neutral about it and recognize that I want to move away from it. And, you know, in general, something that has served me really well when it comes to ruts is to just remove any formally held narratives about what it means and how I'm going to get out of it and just approach it with an open mind, fresh perspective, and with neutrality having all of these narratives about oh it's going to be so hard to get out of this place I don't know how I'm going to do it I've just found that doesn't help so doing the best I can to just interrupt those thoughts and you know this kind of goes hand in hand with some of the principles I learned when I was really into studying mindfulness which is you know non-judgment and also becoming an observer So just becoming a neutral observer and not necessarily always needing to assign so much meaning and self-judgment to certain situations or emotions, especially ones that we deem to be negative or uncomfortable. And like I said earlier when I talked about how many of my ruts have helped me to better define how I want to experience life... This non-judgment can come from that awareness that although something feels uncomfortable in the moment, we never really know how that's feeding into our overall narrative and life journey. And again, I know that's not always the case and sometimes it just sucks and there's no getting around that, but I do find it comforting at times to imagine that there may be a purpose to what I'm currently going through. And sometimes it's even comforting and inspiring for me to try to imagine what that purpose may be down the line. Like it helps me to get through those periods to create a narrative where I imagine what this period means to my future self. So for example, let's, you know, put this into an example. I've spoken before on here about how when I was dating, I was not having a great deal of luck. I was feeling really discouraged over and over again, you know, just meeting people, feeling like we were getting somewhere and then something happening like they didn't want to commit or, you know, getting ghosted and just feeling stuck and hitting dead ends from a dating perspective and just feeling defeated And finding myself in this place of being like, this is not what I want to experience. I don't want to put myself in these situations where I feel like I'm really compromising my self-worth and I don't want to continue to do this to myself. So just imagining, and I really did this and I would journal about it, imagining my future self in a happy, healthy relationship and picturing that person being so proud that I didn't just settle for what was available to me and being willing to withstand the comfort I felt about being alone and just knowing that there was someone out there that was a better fit. And so I would picture my future self looking back at this kind of rut that I was in and just having gratitude for myself for not settling in those moments. Okay, so I know that the reason you probably clicked on this episode is to maybe hear a perspective on getting out of a rut, which as always I will highlight is simply one perspective and is very subjective to the life experiences I've had. So it's one thing to reframe the experience of being in a rut as a neutral thing that for all you know may feed into your life story in a really valuable way in the future, but it's another to actually be in a rut and just want to understand what options may be available for moving through it. For whatever reason, the first word that comes to mind as it relates to sort of a blanket statement for a solution for getting out of a rut is momentum. Because to me, a rut represents being stuck and stagnant. And going back to that car example, being stuck in a ditch, 
there needs to be some momentum or movement or force applied to get out of the ditch. So how I think of this as it relates to being in a rut is more so just some sort of change. And I always like to look at this as a pattern interruption. So whether that's making a different choice, thinking a different thought, introducing something new to the routine, saying no to something instead of yes, and just kind of zooming out a bit and considering all of the thoughts, patterns, behaviors, external influences that are keeping the current situation that it feels like a rut in place and asking what even tiny thing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Can be changed. So again, I find it really helpful to define as clearly as possible what it is about my life situation that is causing the tension discomfort or dissatisfaction in my life and then you know maybe identifying some of the thoughts and patterns and behaviors as I said that uphold that situation and then opening my mind to any solutions or a different way of approaching that situation and I'll give an example and You know, oftentimes from an avoidance perspective, my approach in the past would be to physically remove myself from the source of my discomfort, which, you know, sometimes is the solution for me, but not always. So let's give an example. The example I'm going to use is my dating example, and this is a real life experience and something that I've been through. So let's define what that rut looked like. I, for the majority of like my adolescence and early adult life and like my early dating life, my first experiences dating, severely undervalued myself, didn't believe that I was good enough and so would find myself in situations where I was willing to be okay with being treated in a certain way and not being valued and you know it I just basically found myself in situation after situation relationship after relationship brief relationships I'll say where I just felt like crap I felt like crap about myself I felt like crap about the situation it's a lot of constantly questioning if someone was actually interested hearing that 
you know, after a certain period of time of investing in someone that they weren't ready to commit. Numerous situations I found myself in where, you know, you're feeling like you're on a good page with someone and then someone kind of flips it and is like, wait, did you think this was serious? Like, you're delusional, like that kind of thing. And just feeling constantly like I couldn't have what I wanted, which was literally just a happy, healthy relationship where I was feeling a mutual reciprocated desire and care and respect. Now, all of these patterns that I had in dating culminated in one specific situation where, you know, I was in sort of a casual relationship with someone for about three months, four months maybe, and it was one of those situations where someone is giving you breadcrumbs, they're kind of making you feel wanted one moment and then making you feel weird for having interest in them and being, you know, honest about wanting to hang out and things like that the next moment and it's just very confusing and it made me so anxious for that entire period because I didn't know where I stood and I felt like I was really compromising and putting a lot of my self-worth in this other person's hands like even saying I didn't know where I stood with this person and not even asking myself like do I like this person and that was kind of the reality of dating at the time was I was just waiting for someone to want me not ever asking if I wanted that person. So getting to this place of feeling like just awful about myself and my relationship and my ability to be in a relationship and communicate, etc., made me just kind of have to open my eyes and be like, I cannot do this. And I've talked about this before. This was kind of like the final straw for me. I was like, I don't want to experience this in a relationship ever again. Like this is awful. And so that's kind of what the rut looked like, how I found myself there, recognizing that it was not in congruence with my desires for a relationship at all. And then recognizing the pattern and defining why I was dissatisfied and any personal patterns that were feeding into that cycle. So for example, if someone was disrespecting me in a moment, was I responding to that by fawning and saying oh no it's okay like you know if we had plans and someone canceled or flaked or whatever what was my involvement in constantly undervaluing myself and digging myself even further into this hole and what were my actions looking like and what were my thoughts about myself looking like because what I began to recognize is in those situations that's all I really can do is just look at how I'm reacting to what's going on and it wasn't in congruence with how I wanted to be in a relationship I wanted to value myself I wanted to be able to articulate that I don't appreciate being treated in certain ways and to be able to be honest with someone and not feel embarrassed so recognizing my patterns and how that was feeding into this cycle that I found myself in not blaming myself for being there, but just appreciating what was going on within myself. And then looking at that situation and being like, okay, well, this isn't what I want. What do I want? So defining my values and desires. I've mentioned before that for me, contrast, being in a situation that I don't like helps me to define what I want or what I do like. And so looking at that situation and just saying, okay, The communication is awful in this relationship. I desire good communication. Okay, I don't feel like I'm voicing my desires and being honest with this person. I want to do that in a future relationship. I want to feel respected. I want to feel desired and really just defining in as much detail as possible what this situation is telling me about what I actually want and where I want to be, and where I want to go. So it's like, I'm in this rut, but what is my direction out of this rut? Where am I putting my target, and where am I wanting to go? And then also, something I find super helpful, and I've talked about this before, is defining, because I've looked at the patterns of 
whatever is kind of feeding into that cycle defining what a new pattern could look like so the next time i'm faced with someone flaking on me for example and i'm tempted to go back into my fawning behaviors of being like oh no it's fine like we'll get it next time what would it be like to be honest and demonstrate value for myself and value for my time and say that was really disappointing i don't appreciate that and you know if it happens again i don't think that we should move forward and kind of just what would that new pattern look like now maybe that feels really intimidating to do something like that to jump from fawning to sticking up for myself and maybe there's an in-between but that's just an example so that's kind of how I would approach it and I can apply this process of identifying where I'm at and understanding what rut I find myself in looking at some of the patterning that is feeding into that rut, defining my values and desires for whatever the situation is, and then creating a new pattern. I can kind of apply that to different areas of life. I've used it from a creative perspective. So being able to recognize like, hey, I'm feeling not great creatively. Why is that? What are some of the ways that I'm approaching my creative life and some of the patterns from a creative perspective? Am I being too mean to myself? Am I judging myself a little bit too much and stifling my creativity? How do I want my creative life to look? I want to be liberated. I don't want to be judging myself, defining what that looks like, and then creating that new pattern. So there's a lot of different ways that I could apply this kind of approach to getting out of a rut that I tend to gravitate towards. Now, before I get into your questions, just a few kind of random reflections on ruts. The first is sometimes for me, I find that simpler and smaller changes are better. So when I talk about creating a new pattern, I think the smallest change, talking about momentum, the smallest change that I can make, the better oftentimes Because when I perceive that something is going to be really difficult, when I build up a solution to getting out of a rut in my mind, that is like this huge change to my life, it just seems more difficult and I don't want to do that. So I just stay put in the same place. So it has to feel like easier and closer to where I currently am. It's like gradually bit by bit kind of coming out of that space. Sometimes for me, a physical change isn't the answer. So let's say I'm dissatisfied with a certain area of my life. Let's say it's my job. Sometimes just literally leaving that situation isn't the answer. And typically it requires me really being honest with myself and asking if it feels rooted in avoidance of something. But sometimes leaving a situation is the answer for me. And I think it can be hard to define when it's appropriate to actually exit a situation. And it's just a very personal choice. And for me, it has to do with, does this situation feel extremely out of congruence with my own personal values? If yes, is there something I can do to bring it back into alignment? If not, maybe that's when I consider leaving a situation where appropriate But sometimes, like I said, if I reflect and I'm like, does this, does me wanting to leave more come from me wanting to avoid a certain emotion in a situation that I can face and bring that situation back into alignment? And those are the experiences where I need to move through that discomfort and not always feel like I have to avoid. And then the last one is knowing when I'm not being helpful to get myself out of a rut when the energy that I'm bringing to getting myself out of a rut is not helpful at all let's say I'm just overdoing it I'm trying to force myself out of a situation I'm making myself anxious and angry and frustrated it's knowing when to give myself a break from the trying and the forcing and sometimes in certain situations what I've actually found with ruts is sometimes things naturally resolve themselves and I can get out of the way. And like I said a few weeks ago when I was on the house hunt and I was feeling really discouraged and 
every time I approached that area, every time I thought about it, every time I looked for houses online, I was feeling negative, I was feeling anxious, I was feeling overwhelmed. That was when I was like, listen, I'm not really adding anything to this experience. Let's just take a break. And sometimes that is the answer for me. Okay, so like I said, I got quite a few anonymous submissions in for this episode. So let's just read a few out. This person said, I actually find that feeling uncomfortable and realizing I'm in a rut is the first step forward and is usually when I feel separated from my past version and my future one. To make a difference, it's really about trying to do something you never tried before to change a situation. It really reminds me of The Sims ideas, becoming a new character and accepting to leave the older version behind. That is such an interesting way of looking at it. And I love the part where you said, I feel separated from my past version and my future one. Just having the awareness of that discomfort and the realization of being in a rut, like this person said, kind of creates a separation from the experience and allows you to create a change and become a new character that is approaching it differently and that you know, isn't having that experience in the future. And so I love that way of looking at it. Okay, so there were a few questions kind of around this theme of avoidance about changing your situation or environment. Here's one of them. It says, when in a situation slash new environment where you feel in a rut, do you believe in acceptance and making the most of it? Or do you believe abandoning something in search of something better is more effective at finding happiness? I believe that there is no right answer to this question. I think every situation is slightly different. And also, I also think that however I choose to move forward there's no like right answer ever in a situation. If I've ever looked back and been like, okay, that was kind of an avoidant decision that I made. Well, I just live with it and I just move forward and I don't believe in looking back and being hard on myself. The best that I can do from having recognized that I made a choice out of a place of avoidance is just learn from that and learn what that felt like and why I made that decision and why I felt like I needed to avoid or escape a situation. So I do believe that in some cases, like I mentioned, in many for me, whether it was relationships or career, making the best of the situation wasn't the answer for me because I just wasn't in a position or in a relationship that felt right and it felt like it was predominantly aligning with my values. And so I guess like maybe a a way of looking at it for me would be like if I look at this situation from a values perspective what percent of what percentage of it excuse me is lining up to what i desire out of life and sometimes as i've learned there are situations where it's not even close to 100% but there still is value and lessons can be learned from that but i'm not really a believer in like staying in situations long term just because you have to and you know you have to pay your dues you know specifically you hear this a lot with jobs I have more of an expansive mindset with that kind of thing where there are so many opportunities and so many opportunities in which I could experience a new level of happiness and joy and excitement and I'm interested in pursuing those opportunities and by staying in this situation, I'm not seeking those out. So I think for me getting in touch with why do I feel that I'm avoiding something? What is the emotion that I'm avoiding? When I look objectively at this situation, is it deeply out of alignment with my values? And if so, can I give myself permission to find a way out of it? Okay, so this one is more on the advice side of getting out of a rut. This person said, do something completely outside of your regular routine. Make a recipe you've never made, see a friend you haven't seen in a long time, go axe throwing, see a concert you've never been to before. I feel like doing something brand new is a shock to the system and your senses taking in new sights, sounds, smells. That's a really interesting way of looking at it, of just kind of, if we think back to being in a rut as kind of feeling stagnant and feeling very stuck doing something outside of your regular routine it doesn't have to be super complicated this person said like make a recipe you've never made 
doing something small outside of your regular routine, I do agree, can just kind of put a fresh perspective on things and just create a little bit of momentum, even if it's not in the same area that you feel stuck in. I think just getting some movement and momentum, I definitely think that helps for me as well. And then I'll close out with another piece of advice that I thought was really nice. This person said, in relation to getting out of a rut, I always find that the best thing for me to do is things I loved as a kid. I love being outside, climbing trees, etc. So I'll go for a walk with my dog, take my shoes off, walk in the grass. I never another thing I loved was reading. So I'll read a book that I really enjoyed in elementary school. This might not work for everyone, but it helps me to feel alive again. The reason I like this is because sometimes the experience of being in a rut just feels like being bogged down by life. And for me, it's quite often an experience that is devoid of joy and playfulness. And so integrating some of that feels like it could be really helpful. And just when I'm really fixated on a rut that I'm in, I feel like I'm taking everything so seriously and I'm just being so hard on myself and just not feeling hopeful. And so something like what this person said, being, you know, doing something that reconnects you with a sense of joy, taking a step back, zooming out. I really like that. So I think that was a really good place to leave this episode. Thank you all for your submissions. I love reading through them every week and I think it really adds a lot to the episode. So keep them coming. Keep the feedback coming. I love hearing it and I love being connected to you all and being on this journey with everyone that is in this community. So thank you for being here and thank you for listening. I really look forward to seeing you in next week's episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.